This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4ZZZ out of Brisbane, Australia. Today, the People of the Air crew are interviewing Francis Quan Ferrand on how people with intellectual and cognitive disabilities are affected by domestic violence and abuse. They talk about two organisations in this interview, CLA, which is the Community Living Association, and WILD, which is a sexual assault service, both located in Brisbane and serving the disability community. Danny asks her about herself and about the organisations that can help. He shares some of his own experiences of not knowing who to talk to when someone was abusive towards him. Question number one. What's your name and who do you work for? Sure, thank you. My name is Frances Quan Farrant and I'm an independent social worker and I do contract project work with CLA. All right. And what's mostly um, project work involved, no one asking, Francine? Sure. So recently I've been asked to write a position paper uh, on women with cognitive disabilities Mm -hmm. uh, and domestic violence. Yes. Mm. Um, Have you come across a lot of constituents or a lot of people you have worked through the past with um, DV? Yes. um, I've... um, I've worked with a number of women who have experienced uh, domestic and family violence Mm -hmm. who also live with cognitive disabilities, intellectual disability. In your role, do you give them support or do you give them a hand to um, report it to anyone or family members or to the people in charge of the community, like the police and all that? Mm. Yes. Um, I don't do direct support with with, peop- with women who yes. experience domestic violence, but if I do come across someone who is experiencing that, certainly I would support yeah. that person mm-hmm. to to find the, the right help, yeah. you know, whether it's going to the police yes. or contacting um, the local domestic violence uh, hotline yes. or contacting WILD. Oh, right. Yeah, now um, what I heard, there's sort of like... Um, there's Lifeline too. Lifeline can help in that situation too. But there's a special um, number for DV to ring up, and because sometimes I watch, I like watching the project, and that's sort of like my little program I like watching. And they have issues about a lot of things and all that. And now they do have, um, they do have a phone numbers you can ring up and. That's right. One eight hundred respect. Yeah. If you're having any any issues yeah. at home, um, mm. call one eight hundred respect. If it's really really bad, call the police straight yes. away. And I like to see um, more um, centres open for domestic violence for women, and so like you know, and get more counsellors and and all that into it, and um, more funding or more grants for them to open things like that for where they can go and sort of like you know talk to a counsellor or talk to someone in a like a domestic violent area not if you know what I mean like centre for them. I think what's really important um, for women who who live with intellectual disability is that they have access to someone who can help them um, who understands what they live with and can help them. So th- yes. in Queensland, we only have one organisation that can do that, and that's WILD. Oh, right. So we need more. Yeah. We need more organisations throughout Queensland. Queensland's a very big state. It is a very big state. Yeah, and so we need more support and we need more resources yeah. to help women who mm. live with intellectual yeah. disability, cognitive disabilities, yeah. who experience domestic violence. Um, you find with people sort of like with disabilities – 
in a sort of like um, hard to um, talk about it. Definitely, it's not it's not an easy thing to talk about uh, for anybody who experiences domestic or family violence at all. And if you're you're living with a, a cognitive disability, it can be even harder, particularly if you're living in a group home. Uh, and there's people around you, you're being observed and monitored all the time, and maybe that that abuse, maybe that violence is happening to you um, or you're experiencing that within the home, maybe from someone you're living with. Yes. Or maybe who's someone who's coming in to, who's supposed to be helping you, mm. you know, in some form of care, care role. Yeah. So that's really, really hard. Yeah. How, do you, how do you, as a person in that situation, make your voice heard? And a lot of people can't. Yeah, because I think um, once it happens to them, I think they'd be quiet and they know who they actually turn to to get support or help. That's right. And all that. Yeah. that so, like, I wasn't in that part, but I knew a gentleman where I went one day and I saw, like, yeah, and um, I won't go into detail, but, yeah, and um, I saw, like, yeah, and I wasn't happy. I felt uncomfortable at his place and all that. And um, he done something to me and I saw, like, when the police that, that next day, so... Yeah, but so like it is hard because after the traumas, so like it's very hard to open up. And I think sometimes, so like I was watching a program one night and how like the police, so like police doesn't ask much about your disability. And it's so like, you know, they might, the person or he or she might be scared to tell them what's wrong with them or something like that. But I know a lot of people don't like the police, but I, you know, the police are there doing the job, you know. They attend desperate violence nearly every day and, you know, and, yeah. But mm. I think desperate violence is really bad in in Queensland at the moment and thank goodness they're putting ads ads on and all that, so, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a serious issue across the community, but it's a very, very serious issue within the disability sector. Yes. Specifically with women who live with cognitive disabilities. Mm. It's a very... Serious yeah. matter. Um, statistically, um, this is um, not specific to anyone who is um, uh, living with a disability or not. Statistically, in Queensland, uh, it's one in four women and one in 16 men. Those statistics come out from the Not Now, Not Ever report that was released last year by um, Quentin Bryce. Okay. Yep. We've been listening to the People of the Air Radio Group, a wonderful gang of self-advocates with cognitive differences who work with the Ability Radio Project. This week, they are interviewing domestic violence advocate and social worker Francis Kwan Ferrand, who has written some research on the incidence of DV in the disability community. Mick and Paul and support worker Dominique ask Francis about her work at the Community Living Association and her recent research. How long have you worked there? It's with CLA. I've been working with CLA for five months. Um, is it a good place to work? I think so. I think it's a great place to work. What do you do? All right, well, I'm a social worker, so I, um, I work alongside people to help them achieve what they want to achieve, um, their own personal goals. And specifically, I like to work with people who live with intellectual disability so that they um, can achieve what they want to achieve, become m more identified as part of our community, so more inclusive. What do you like to do in your free time? Oh, that's a great question. 
when I have free time, and that's not often, but I like to read. Okay. Yes. I read everything. <laughs> at the moment, at the moment, I'm reading uh, the Book Thief by Marcus Suzak. Uh, have you met some interesting people um, at, CRA. at CLA or through your work? Yes, yeah. I've met a lot of very interesting people at CLA. Tell us about your paper that you wrote for CLA. Sure. Okay, so I was asked to write uh, a position paper on behalf of CLA about women who live with cognitive disability and who also experience domestic violence. The reason I was asked to write it was in the report that was released, Not Now, Not Ever, number 10, there's a recommendation, there's a whole list of recommendations. Recommendation number 10 is for the Queensland Government to conduct a review on the impacts of domestic violence on people who live with disability. Now, as we all know, disability is a really broad term and it includes an awful lot of people. But what we also know is that women who live with intellectual disability are extremely vulnerable uh, to violence, abuse, sexual abuse, family violence. So CLA wanted to highlight how vulnerable this part of the population is and how important that they are recognised as part of what's going on with domestic violence and that there are um, changes made to legislation to include them, mm -hmm. but also that we can get better support, better services, more targeted support to support women throughout Queensland who live with intellectual disability who experience domestic violence because at the moment there is only one service and yeah. it's based in Brisbane. And I guess you probably need a couple of services, don't you, to... It, well, that would be ideal. ...be able to work, yeah. That would be ideal. Yeah. But, of course, that comes down to resources and funding. Mm. Um, possibly we could have specialised workers who are attached to... Community legal centres, community centres, yep. community health centres, um, and they would be trained to work specifically um, with people who live with disability, uh, intellectual disability, mm. who also experience domestic violence, because it's a specialised set of skills. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Francis, during your time of researching for your position paper, yeah. did you come across anybody um, experiencing domestic violence who had gone to a service? and the service just didn't meet their needs because they had an intellectual disability? Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. What I discovered was that um, women um, with intellectual disability don't necessarily disclose to formal or mainstream services. They'll disclose to friends or colleagues, possibly family members. Um, but also what I discovered was that um, not all DV services feel comfortable working with women who have intellectual disability. An example, um, and that I highlighted this in the paper, was a woman who um, was refused service at a, at a DV service because she had an ID. Mm. They were concerned that because she had an ID, she would disclose the location of the service. And I don't know if you know, but DV services and shelters are all anonymous. You know, there's only certain key people who know where they are. Mm -hmm. Is that for the women's protection? It's for safety. Mm -hmm. But she was denied access. Mm. So where did she go? 
you know she had nowhere to go so that was very serious yeah Yeah. wow is that because people who run the shelters or the services that they're calling just don't know how to deal with people with intellectual disabilities it's out of their skill set yeah to put it bluntly yes um but you but there's lack of training they're under the pump as well there's they're resource limited uh and time and people limited as well but at the end of the day that's no excuse not to help someone who could be in a very very dire situation and maybe faced with a night on the street how come there's a lot of women being dv these days and you don't hear much about men being you know like um yeah i think there's a couple of a couple of reasons behind that domestic and family violence intimate partner violence is a gendered issue yeah and that means you know the difference between men and women um the power difference uh it just happens to be that more women experience domestic violence at the hands of men yeah then men experience violence at the hands of women. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does. Yeah. But statistically, it, it just happens more to women. The, another, another area to think about is what about if you're in a same-sex relationship? Mm. So, you know, you could have man-on-man violence. You could have woman-on-woman violence as well. Yeah. So, you know, don't forget that there's other, lots of other situations and relationships um, as well. Mm. So, yes, it does happen to men. But um, as I said earlier, one in four women in Queensland, one in 16 men in Queensland. What can people do about if they are experiencing domestic violence? Well, the first thing really is try and make yourself safe. Uh, If that means walking out of a situation, you know, then make yourself safe. Contact uh, either 1800RESPECT or contact the police. Uh, If you don't feel comfortable doing that, perhaps go to your local community centre, um, your local GP, your doctor, mm. or community health. Okay. Uh, and in fact, I actually know uh, someone who used their local library mm. and the librarians um, supported them to make contact with the right people. Oh. Um, who do you call in these situations, like if it gets under control, like out of control, who, who can you call? If it's out of control and your your life is being threatened or yes. you're being physically harmed, you must call the police. Yeah. Mm. Um, absolutely, you know, triple zero, call mm. the police. Yep. Uh, and yet again, 1-800-RESPECT. Um, what happens when you call the police? Do they respond immediately or do they come out every, like, in a half an hour? Like You ask them to come. Yeah. Really, You say that, you know, you're, you're being threatened, threatened you've yeah. been, you know, abused or someone's hit you, you've yeah. been assaulted. You ask them to come. So yeah. make sure you, you've got your address ready for them yeah. To, yeah. Um, to turn up to. And at a, at a 100% or at a, that, um, what they actually do, like, talk to the victim first, not, to the person who's been assaulted, then what they do, so, like, if she saw, he or she saw to get charges put on, on, on him or her... Do they go around the next day or do they go around that night, like, say, example, it, someone got hurt real bad. Do they sort of like, okay, um, they come out, see you, what they do, you know, they ask you all these questions and all that. And so, sort of like, if you want to charge them, what they do, do they go around the next day or do they go out that night and pick them up and take them in the watch house to get charged or? 
It really depends on the situation and the officers um, um, undertaking the investigation yeah. will assess that. Okay. Um, more often than not, I would suggest that if it's very, very serious, the uh, offender would be taken away uh, and yep. to the, the watch house. Yeah. Um, it isn't a criminal act. That's what makes it hard. That's see. what makes it really hard. Yeah. The domestic violence matters are dealt with primarily yeah. through the civil courts Court. yeah. because it's a relationship issue. Yes, there's a domestic violence legislation 2012 and we're looking, that is being reviewed at the moment. Yeah. But primarily it's dealt with as a civil matter. Mm-hmm. The person who has, um, who is the victim of the violence can certainly go ahead and lay charges, yeah. but in certain circumstances, the police can also do it on their behalf. Uh, yeah. But I think it's very important for people to realise that at this stage, mm. it's not a criminal act. No. And people get killed, people get very badly injured. Uh, yeah. re- an incredible number of, of women uh, receive uh, acquired brain injuries yeah. every week mm. because of domestic violence. Yeah. Francis knows that women with intellectual disabilities are often targeted by abusers because they are especially vulnerable. Uh, I like to ask this question, what is the real nu- number to ring the, on domestic violence? Sure, the the number to ring is 1-800-RESPECT, but if you feel that you are uh, at risk or at harm, please call the police, triple zero. Is there anything else you want to tell us to as well? Sure, I think it's really important um, to highlight the vulnerability of women with intellectual disability who experience domestic violence. Um, these women um, are extremely vulnerable. Uh, 40 to 70 percent of women who live with intellectual disability experience domestic violence. That's, these are incredible numbers. 90 percent of women who live with domestic, uh, sorry, intellectual disability experience some form of violence in particular sexual violence. You know, as part of the population, they are the most vulnerable of the most vulnerable. And so that's why we need to make sure there are specific measures and specific ways of supporting these women um, to live through the scourge of domestic violence. I mean, we have a problem. Australia, we have a problem. I was just thinking in terms of um, intellectual disability, Francis, so would you say that it adds the intellectual disability adds an extra layer of vulnerability on top of domestic violence, or is it access, or is there anything specifically you found that intellectual disability impacts on people mm. experiencing domestic violence? Yes, it adds an extra layer of vulnerability. Um, you know, um, there are also predators mm. who target women with disabilities and specifically intellectual disabilities. Um, and who tie up their lives completely. But as anyone who's lived or is living with an intellectual disability, you would all know the the lived experience, the prejudices, the biases. And if you're a woman with an intellectual disability um, and you're being hit up in the local pub by some man, you know what? It's hard enough for a woman who doesn't have an intellectual disability to escape that situation. You know, so think about it from that perspective. Do you reckon the government should do more about domestic violence than there are now? I think that Queensland in particular 
is is doing a pretty good job at the moment. We've highlighted it. Mind you, we have the worst stats in Australia. On a national level, um, the federal government is um, is working towards ensuring that women and their children are safe. There is a, a, a national strategy. Um, however, you know, making that strategy cohesive, making sure that all of the states are on the same page, that's a really big job. But also making sure that people who live with disability, people, women who live with intellectual disability, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are all included, including mm. people with um, a culturally and linguistically different backgrounds. Mm. You know, it's, it's not a one-size-fit-all um, measure. It's specific, it's targeted, and we have to look at why we're so violent anyway. Mm. You know, that's the real question. Why is this happening and why are we so violent anyway? You know, and how do we change that so that young people going forward um, think that it's unacceptable and not a joke? Oh, I just had another question. Was So I guess in terms of talking about a position paper, mm. um, so I guess you were responding to the fact that you know, people with intellectual disability weren't included. Um, so what do you hope the position paper will do? Oh, great question. Really hoping that the position paper will highlight specifically women with intellectual disability, that um, it will influence policymakers, that it will influence legislation, changes to legislation, uh, and that it will um, influence any strategy moving forward. Now, Queensland has a strategy, uh, a domestic violence prevention strategy, and we want to make sure that women with intellectual disability are identified and part of that strategy. So that was the purpose of the paper. I guess um, because we're at Wild today, I thought you might like to tell us a little bit about what sort of things Wild does to help people to recover from violence. Sure, sure. So Wild, Walking with People with Intellectual Disability, SVP, Sexual Violence Prevention Service, um, offers um, a range of support to people who live with intellectual disability and specifically women who live with intellectual disability who have experienced violence, including domestic and family violence. Uh, there are two counsellors. So there is um, uh, counselling sessions that can um, take place to support the person through the process of trauma. Uh, because of course trauma is something you live with. It's not something you ever get rid of. You, you, you develop ways of living with it. Uh, there are also two uh, victim of crime support workers. So um, if you experience an act of crime, uh, those workers can support you to access whatever you need, whether it's um, financial um, retribution, whether it's um, extra support, whether it's, you know, housing. These workers will, uh, are social workers, so they will support you recover from the trauma of the experience and they will walk with you through the process. So that includes going to the police with you. If you need uh, help in court, they'll be with you. Francine, you ever heard um, of court uh, relationships in Australia? They recently were at South Brisbane, but they got their own office now at Spring Spring Hill. And um, I was going to them for a while, and I found that it was really good. But they also um, do other things too, like sort of like DV too, and all that. And yep. Yeah, I was thinking you have heard of relationships. Absolutely, yeah. relationships Australia are one of the most vital organisations in in supporting people through their relationships, including people who've living yeah. uh, have lived with or experienced yes, domestic true. and family yeah. violence. Yeah. 
uh, thank you, um, Francine, for sharing that information with us. And lucky we know a little bit more about it. And hopefully we can do something more about it in, in Queensland and hopefully get some more organisations up and running. And so, like, it's good to expand the organisations, you know. I do like to see Wild up north somewhere, but <laughs> at the moment, but we can't do that. So, but yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so okay, much. Thank you very much, Francine. Thank you. Maybe we should mention, Danny, that um, Wild does train uh, support workers all over the state. Oh, so right. if there's any support workers listening and they're a long way away, you might yeah, want to give Wild a call. And if you are in Brisbane or a regional area, Wild can offer training to domestic violence and sexual assault workers all over the state. You can find out more about Wild on their website, www.ild.org.au, or you can call them in Brisbane on 07 3262 9877. That's 07-3262-9877. You are listening to the Only Human podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM and set digital on DAB Plus radios. Love community media? You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au